is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Rachel here with your radio sisters, Bo and Allie, and it's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. It's that time again, and we're so excited to meet you here, our music and artist-loving friends. That's right. You know what happens right here. Rachel, what is it? Well, you're going to fill up your creative tank today. Okay, well, sign me up for that. Stick around. You're going to meet some very creative people today. Let's not wait any longer, sisters. Let's get to the guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Well, up first, it's country hit maker Phil Vassar. You'll know Phil from this song. This song. And this song. rise to fame as first an award-winning songwriter for superstars of Jody Messina and Tim McGraw, and then as a recording artist with over 10 number one hits. That's right, Allie, and Phil's going to share the ride from the songwriting to the performance side. Woo! Who's next, Allie? Okay, Rachel, well, then we've got actor Caleb Worthy. You watch the Disney Channel or your kids watch the Disney Channel, you've got to know Caleb. He's known as Des, the quirky best friend of Austin in Austin and Allie. He's going to be here today to talk about his new project. It's called Cassandra French's Finishing School, and it's airing on AT&T's Audience Network. If you haven't caught any of these episodes yet, you can binge watch it all on fullscreen.com beginning April 10th. And this show, it talks about dating. In 2017, Caleb's character learns a lot of lessons along the way. Yes, and this might not be for the Disney set. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Caleb's growing up a bit. Yeah. And he's trying to prove it. All right, who's next, sisters? Well, next, return guest who we like so much, comedian Steve Byrne. Okay, now Steve, you may know him from the hit show on TBS, Sullivan and Son. Now he wrote and produced that show. That lasted for three seasons, and now he's off on another creative journey. This is his Showtime special. It's called Tell the Damn Joke. And you'll hear from Steve what inspired that title and how the show kind of centers around his life now with two kids and his wife. So there's a lot of material for him to draw from, as you're going to find out. Yeah, and Steve today also gives some advice for people who are in a creative career currently and who are raising a family. I think his advice is really on point. Yeah, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. And finally, Rachel, why don't you talk about our timely guest for April? Yes, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, we typically have a guest in April to get you all psyched up about April's Adult Learn to Swim Month. Now, the statistics are pretty awful. Over 100 million Americans, if they fell into the water, would not be able to save themselves. So that's like one in three. I might be one of those. (laughs) I gotta get in the pool, guys. All right, Allie. Well, you know, this is all about encouraging you to learn to swim and 
and pass that along to your kids. And you're going to be pretty pumped about who's going to be telling you all about Adult Learn to Swim Month. Allie, you want to tell them? Yes. Today we have Anthony Sullivan, who is nationally promoting this April Learn to Swim Month. And in case you don't recognize the name Anthony Sullivan, you'll definitely recognize his voice. He's the guy behind OxyClean and all of those late night TV infomercials. And you will definitely recognize his voice. But what you may not know about Anthony is he is a very accomplished swimmer. He actually had Olympic hopes as a young guy, but then got burnt out of the sport. But he's recently picked it back up and he's going to tell you all about it. So you guys got to get psyched to dive in the pool with Anthony today. Yep. And before we dive into the show, I don't know about you guys, but are you on a family group text where everyone gets the messages and we had just kind of a funny thing happen this week with our family text. And autocorrect. Yes. So my son, Luke, played in a piano recital earlier this week at the Omaha Conservatory of Music. I had sent a clip to the family on the group text and Rachel gave Luke an interesting review. (laughs) Now, what I thought I typed was not actually what came through. Here's what everyone in the family read. Nice job, Luke. What a bulbous performance. (laughs) And then I texted back, uh, bulbous? Do you mean bulbous? Okay, so just in case you don't know, bulbous means fat, round, or bulging. So I guess I'm saying that Luke gave a very bulging performance. Bulging with what? I don't know. Talent? (laughs) So then, of course, as soon as I realized it said bulbous, I couldn't stop laughing. So my response was, haha, that's a hilarious autocorrect. I meant fabulous. Yes. Which makes much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have a new word in the Mulberry family. When someone does a good job all week, we're like, that's bulbous. Yeah. So we've got a very bulbous show for you. <laughs> Coming up right after the break, you're going to hang out with country music star, Bill Vassar. Yep. Just another day in paradise. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. You'll want to catch country hit maker Phil Vassar, whose hits include Carlene, Just Another Day in Paradise, and Six Pack Summer. With songwriting awards, top vocalist awards, and over 10 number one country hits, Phil is here right now to talk about his stellar career as songwriter and artist. Phil Vassar stopping by, hit music making guy, yeah, yeah. Best introduction I've ever had. I gotta admit, I gotta be honest, it's gonna be hard to top that one. Awesome! <laughs> Great having well, you with us. How are you guys? We're doing, doing well. Good. Okay, so tell us what can fans expect from the Phil Vassar tour this time around? <laughs> well, the tour's going great. I mean, we're having a great, great time. You know, we've got new music, and of course, we're doing all the hits. And the fun thing about what we're doing is we don't have a set list. You know, we okay. just have folks tweeting their requests, and it pops up on a big monitor on front of the stage. It's like so and so wants to hear this or that or. And then do you give a shout-out to the person that requested it? I do, I do. And, you know, it's, it's cool because people will ask, you know, for certain songs or album cuts or Taylor Swift song or say my jeans are too tight or something, anything. Whatever <laughs> oh, no. So it's very interactive. It really is. So it's how really long have fun. you been doing concerts that way? You know, we haven't had a set list in a long time. Okay. You know, over the last year or two, I mean, I just hated always, you know, doing the same set list every night. People do the same songs in the same order. It just gets to be so mundane, and you guys oh. know the deal. So it's just fun to shake it up and... 
You get a lot of requests for songs you don't even remember, but you try anyway. So it's okay, really fun. so that makes it fun. Now, a lot of people go to Nashville to be a songwriter. Some go to be an artist. You had quite a bit of success as a songwriter first and then became an artist. So was that the plan all along, or is that just where your career took you? Well, absolutely was not. I didn't even really write songs, you know, especially very good songs when I first got to town. So you go there and you want to be a singer, and I was a piano player, of course, and so everybody looked at me like I was from a different planet, right. you know, because everybody's guitar players and I actually even wrote a song called The Piano Man and a Guitar Town. So it's really kind of cool that I ended up having these hits as a writer and, you know, folks hated songs for a long time. But my artists, you know, of course, I, I knew Garth and Alan Jackson and Kenny and, and Tim McGraw and people like that. So we were just all buddies and they said, man, I love this song. And so basically they had to talk their labels into let them cut the songs that I wrote because the labels didn't like the song. Oh, okay. So, so it's interesting, but of course, you know, they all ended up becoming... Hits. Big hits, and then, of course, they were like, you know, well, yeah, man, we always thought you were a genius. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> They'll take the credit, won't they? Yeah, they sure will. They know the deal. Uh-huh. So now you've written hit songs for artists like Tim McGraw for a little while, Bye Bye for Jody Messina. With all the songwriters in Nashville, what do you think it was about those songs or about you as a songwriter that was able to, you know, cut through? You know, it's just all timing, I think. You know, it's like you never can ever tell what's going to be a hit. They're the same songs are played for everybody, you know, maybe a year or two or three or before. I'm all right. I'd written 10 years before it was hit. Wow. You know, people hated it, said it was too many words and this and that. So anyway, so you, you have to have the right artist at the right time record your songs, whether it's you or somebody else. You know? So in a song like that, when it's been around for 10 years, what's your mode of operation? Do you keep like pitching it or do you kind of just let it sit for a while and then repitch it? Or how do you do that? Well, I didn't really even pitch the song, actually. It was just one of those songs that I would do in my show, because I used to have my own club in Nashville, my own restaurant, my own bar. Okay. And people would come in and see me play, and they, you know, and I would do mostly original songs, and, and then I would sprinkle in a whole lot of stuff like whatever, Van Morrison or Elton John or Billy Joel or whatever it may be. Yeah, uh-huh. And then people would hear the songs and go, man, love that song. Whose song is that? It would be funny, because a lot of the artists would actually come in themselves, a Colin or Joe D or whatever, and they would yeah. do the song. And then I want to record that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay, go ahead. Wow. That was a really good showcase for your songs. It really was. And labels would always be like, well, we want you to do a showcase. I'm like, listen, I have my own bar and my own club. If you want me to showcase, come see me play at my club. Exactly. So I'm not going to do one for you. So yeah. it was that kind of thing. And then finally, I think the labels came around and you know, realized it was a good time and they found the piano player, and we've been playing ever since, and we'll finally get re- released my eighth record, so that's kind of okay. cool. Okay, so tell us about the eighth record. What kind of songs should we expect? Well, you know, it's all over the place, and you know, and I hopefully have evolved, but people will probably go, yeah, I like that. You can tell you wrote that, but you know, some of the stuff's just different. I think that's the good thing about you know, being an artist, and hopefully you evolve and you change. I can't stand when an artist sounds the same as they always have. You know? Uh-huh, right. <laughs> As you grow as a person, you want to grow and change as an artist, too. Yeah, Exactly. It's the same thing. You know, and so hopefully people will like the songs. I like the songs a lot. Country music hit maker Phil Vassar here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Okay, Phil, now talk about Songs from the Cellar. It's a series that you host, and how did that all come about? You know, I have this old house in Nashville, and it's an old sort of a, a plantation house, what it is, really. And it's got this really neat cellar in it. Actually, after 15 years, converted it to a wine cellar. I always wanted to do it, but it was just such a, the whole house was such a daunting thing. You know, it just took me a while to get around to it. But anyway, I, uh, I set it up and turned it into the cellar, and it's really, really, really cool. Wine cellar. A lot of my buddies are big, big wine connoisseurs. So we ended up putting wine in there, and, uh, you know, my studio's downstairs anyway. So okay. I was thinking, man, this is such a cool room. So we ended up 
writing down there, and then I would bring my friends over. I have so many great, great friends that are neighbors, you know, from whoever, Cheryl Crow to John Rich to Tommy Shaw to Steve Cropper, people like that, Sarah Darling. So anyway, we started recording these things, set up some cameras, and now we just got picked up by Sky TV in London. Awesome. So the show and the series is going to be all over the world. So it's really, really kind of cool. And you get to do it right there in your home, which is awesome. I get to do it in my house. So, I mean, you can't really beat that. And drink wine. And drink wine. <laughs> so do you find that when you're, you know, interviewing and talking to these people and, and drinking wine, that when you get to the bottom of the glass that they're talking more? <laughs> you know what the cool thing about it is, is that, you know, and even my buddies were like, this room is just sort of a, a cool room to talk and, yeah. and you talk about stories. And it doesn't even have to be about the wine. You know, like even Mike Tyson, who I interviewed, uh-huh. he doesn't even drink. You know, okay. Charlie Daniels isn't a big drinker. Some of these guys don't drink at all. You know, they always drink coffee or something. So, so it's, it's more the room about, than the wine. The it's right. It's about the vibe. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's probably very yeah. laid back and comfortable. Nobody's selling anything. We're not there to talk about anything else except maybe music and, and life. You know, I'm uh-huh. not trying to sell a movie or sell a TV show or an album or anything. It's just like, let's just have some fun and talk as artists. artists hanging out, basically. Okay, so now your new album, what's the title? Well, American Soul is the name of the record. Okay. It's all over the place. It's really kind of neat because there's songs, you know, from, I mean, from, you know, rock and roll to soul to country to, what you know, whatever. It's just all over the place. I really love about it, you know? And then do you have a favorite track on the album? No way. Okay. I could never. Okay. It's like every day it's different. I listen to it something. Uh-huh. And I go, oh, look, this is cool, you know? Before we let you go, having so many hits, can you boil down what makes a hit song? What are the essential elements to make it cut through? You know, I have absolutely no idea. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's all about timing. It's all about the, the artist, about the song, about, you know, what the song sounds like. But, you know, to me... A hit song is a song that tells a story and some emotion, whether it's sad, happy, whatever, and, and that you can sing to. You know, you don't want to have to think too hard. You know, you want something that makes you sing along with it, you know? Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, Phil, you're going to have to visit us again. We'd love chatting more with you. And thank you so much for stopping by the show. Well, I love it. You guys are great. And I love your voice. You sure are good. Thank, uh, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Y'all have the best day. That's Phil Vassar. He certainly put a lot of country music hits on that chart. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with former Disney star Caleb Worthy. He's going to tell you about a new dark comedy he's involved in. Mm-hmm. Keep jamming with us here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Kids screaming, phone ringing. Dog barking at the mailman, bringing that stack of bills overdue. Good morning, baby, how are you? Got a half hour, a quick shower. Take a drink of milk, but the milk's gone sour. My funny face makes you laugh. Twist the top on and I put it back. There goes the washing machine. Oh, 
your weekend getaway. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. If you or your kids are fans of the Disney Channel, you no doubt know who Calum Worthy is. Now, most well-known for Des, the quirky best friend of Austin and Austin and Allie, Calum stops by your weekend to share his latest project, Cassandra French's Finishing School, airing on AT&T's Audience Network. You can binge watch all the episodes on Fullscreen.com beginning April 10th. Calum Worthy on the show, brand new series, here we go, yeah, yeah. That was hands down the greatest intro I've ever had in my entire life. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> we love to hear it. Well, great to have you with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Okay, so now they call the show. This is kind of like the crash course in modern dating, and you are the unfortunate student. So talk a little bit about what the show's about. Well, I think everyone can relate to this. Dating is, is always tough, and I think 2017 is uh, no exception. It might actually even be harder. Yeah. <laughs> um, too many choices. There's too many choices. There's apps. There's different ways to, to meet people. This show starts with Cassandra French leaving a relationship that she's in, and she ends up having a rebound with this guy, Owen, who I play, and he ends up doing something not so nice. He ends up live streaming them during a personal encounter. Okay. Yes, one of the dangers of uh, dating today, yes. It is, it is. And it's a huge mistake. Guys should never do that. Luckily, Owen learns his lesson because she ties him up in her basement and teaches him how to become a better man. Okay. Now talk about filming of this. I bet it was pretty fun. Were there some crazy moments? Sure. It was really fun. I mean, the fun thing about this show is a lot of the times we played it like a drama because the situations were so funny okay. that we just played it like a straight drama and let the comedic moments just flow. We had one really interesting episode. We had this episode where Cassandra French and I are back to back for literally the entire episode. Okay. And uh, we filmed some of the takes for the entire episode. So we do one take and start on page one and finish on page 30. Wow. It was really, really cool. We did a lot of interesting things like that on this show. That's why I think it's a very unique project. So now, when you're filming something like that, do you find yourself, you know, being able to stay in character as part of your mind going, no, don't mess up, don't mess up, we're almost to page 30? <laughs> Not at all. I mean, uh, luckily, the other actors are so engaging, and the director and the writer, Eric Garcia, is a genius. Okay. Uh, so the team that they put together allowed us to really stay in character and just focus on the moments. Okay. Okay, great. So did you learn stuff as an actor doing it this way? Oh, yeah. I mean, I learned a lot. Uh, and a lot of the other scenes, we weren't able to film that way. That was just for that one episode. But okay. we were doing some really unique things throughout this show. A lot of my stuff filmed back-to-back -back because we shot all of my stuff in the basement for a couple weeks straight, and then they filmed the other stuff separately. So okay. even that was quite unique. Mm -hmm. Actor Caleb Worthy from the shows Austin and Allie and the Copper Top Flop Show here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, the final episode of Cassandra French's Finishing School airs this week on AT&T's Audience Network. So how did the show make its way to that network? You know what? I actually have no idea. Okay. I'm so grateful it did because Audience Network has been so wonderful to us and did a great job promoting our show. And Full Screen now has it, and it's going to okay. be on the Full Screen app on April 10th. So if you haven't been watching it on the Audience Network, check it out on April 10th. You can watch it anywhere. It's a fantastic show, and I really, really encourage both men and women to watch together, and I'd love to hear what they say. Because they might learn a thing or two. <laughs> now, can you talk a little bit about your background? You grew up in Canada, and your mom is actually in the business. So talk about her influence on you and your choices to go yeah. into acting. Well, my mom is uh, an educator, and she put together this theater program called PACE. 
that's now been running for, I think, 30-some years. So I started doing shows with her when I was about four years old, and she never wanted me to, to become an actor, but she really wanted me to learn how to talk in front of a crowd and have some performance skills, okay. but I really, really enjoyed it. So I convinced her to uh, let me get an agent and start acting. I started acting when I was nine. I booked my first role. Not anyone can just move to Hollywood and actually make it. So where you are now, what do you think it takes as a child actor to be successful? Well, the child actor, it takes parents that are willing to drive you to auditions. Right. It's really like a, a community has to help you become an actor when you're a kid because I had grandparents, friends, cousins drive me to auditions or fly and stay with me when I'm on set because I filmed in Australia when I was younger and okay. all over the place. So I, it really takes a, a village to raise yeah. a child actor. As an adult actor, it just takes perseverance. It's a long journey, and you can't be uh, taking the hard times too hard. Okay. Now you created the Copper Top Flop Show which aired on Disney and you actually have another one in the works. So do you see yourself moving to the other side of the business or are you going to stay in front of the camera as well? Luckily for the past few years I've been able to juggle both and do both simultaneously um, and I'd like to continue doing that. I'm really an actor first uh, and okay. writing came because I wanted to uh, play some characters that I wasn't seeing out there. Well, I really wanted to create a sketch comedy show, and those are pretty hard to come across unless you create them. So when Disney Channel agreed to buy the show for me, I was really, really grateful and just kind of ran with it. Okay, can you talk about the next one that's going to be coming out? Or? I can't talk about it too much. It's still in some early stages. Well, it's actually pretty far down, but as soon as I can, I promise to call the Mulberry Lane show right away. Awesome. And we will be waiting for that call. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so do you think the audience learns along with Owen about how to be good in a dating relationship? Absolutely. But I also think that the show raises a lot of questions. It's one of those shows that if you watch it with a bunch of people, you'll discuss certain aspects of dating after the end of each episode because we don't give answers to everything, but we okay. raise a lot of questions. And you know what? Sometimes just opening up and discussing things can really make a difference in people's lives, too. Exactly. And that's really what you see in the two characters. Cassandra French opens up to Owen, and Owen opens up to Cassandra French, and they kind of uh, learn to understand each other a little bit more and realize why men do some things and why women do other things. Which is the whole point of dating in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Caleb, thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks so much for having me. That's actor Caleb Worthy. You can binge watch Cassandra French's Finishing School on fullscreen.com beginning April 10th. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, because when we come back, you're going to catch up with comedian Steve Byrne and his new special, Tell the Damn Joke. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right here waiting for you. Music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, he's back. Comedian Steve Byrne, creator and star of the hit show Sullivan and Son, which aired for three seasons on TBS. Well, he's back today to give you the 411 on his new Showtime stand-up comedy special, Tell the Damn Joke. It will be available on demand on Showtime starting April 8th. Steve Byrne, get ready, folks. Showtime special, tell the damn joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my new ringtone. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, so now give us the scoop on this special. Well, the scoop is, um, 
you know, I got I got a little girl, I got a little boy, I got the wife. So I'm talking about like a lot of lessons I've learned throughout the course of my life that I want to relay to my children as they get older, and anybody like you know starting their life in their 20s. So that's kind of okay. the basis of it. But it's an advice show. <laughs> it's an advice show. It's my Dr. Phil Power okay. Special, but I call it Tell the Damn Joke because it refers to a moment in the show where I'm recalling asking my wife for permission to tell a joke about her and she kind of had a big butt at the time so (laughs) so i asked can i make a joke about that and she said you know we went through all these reasons and then eventually she just capitulated and said steve tell the damn joke (laughs) okay so so you got her permission (laughs) yeah i got her permission and a a great title out of it hopefully yes yes. okay so now how old are your kids my daughter is going to be five in a month and my son is a year and a half okay so you've probably got a lot of good material there Oh, God. Well, I mean, look, the one thing I've noticed, my daughter loves, like, raiding my suitcase and looking for pocket change when I come home. And she puts all her money in a little piggy bank, and I'm thinking, boy, oh, boy, maybe my daughter, maybe someday she'll end up on Wall Street. That'd be kind of cool. Right, right. You know, I really think that'd be be nice. We could use some compassion on Wall Street, because every time there's a scam or a scandal on Wall Street, it's always men. Men are ripping us off. And I'd like to see more women represented on Wall Street. I'd like to see women as confident as men on Wall Street, so confident that they, too, have the ability to rip off the American public as much as men rip off the American public. Because I think when women do it, it'll only be 77 cents to the dollar that a man rips us off at. So So now talk about putting together this special. Do you try out material and then you pick out what's going to be part of it? How does the process work? Really, if it was up to me, it'd be a different special. But the audience ultimately picks out what works and what doesn't. I've written so many jokes that I thought, oh, this is going to kill. This is going to do great. And it just bombs. And then there's other jokes that you think, ah, there's not much behind this premise, but I'll try it out. And then it spirals out of control into something else because the audience just bites into the premise. Okay. So then now as far as, you know, pacing the show, does that take a while to place jokes in the right order? How does that work? Yeah, you want to structure it in a way where you're like, okay, what are some quick hits you can get out of the way up top that introduces yourself, but you're not telling a story out of the gates and waiting for five minutes to get to a punchline. So you kind of have quick hits up top, and then with this one, it was like, all right, let's talk about my wife first, and then we'll get into the kids, and then we send it off with a nice message at the end. Um, So there's definitely a structure to it, whereas in the past before it was just like, here's a joke, and then here's another joke, and it Uh was just kind of aimless, but now there's a little more direction. Okay. Comedian Steve Byrne here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Is this done live one time? Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, No, I did two tapings, 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock. I filmed in Chicago at Lincoln Hall Theater. And it's a lot more intimate of a space. You'll be able to hear, like, individual people's laughters and cackles. And I think Mm. there's just more character to a show like that as opposed to, like, Madison Square Garden, where it's just a sea of laughs. And you Uh really kind of miss the nuances of it all. So, yeah, I I did 7 and 9 o'clock. And really what we did was we just took the 7 o'clock taping and just used that because it was such a gangbuster's audience. Hey, yeah. yeah, it's funny how sometimes it just works. And also it just the, works. the first time, too. Yeah, that's what I always said about my first appearance on your show. I said, it just works. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it, right? That's right. Okay, right now you're also working on a documentary. Yeah, I'm currently working on a documentary. There was a, a great comedian named The Amazing Jonathan 
who was so like a part of Comedy Central in the 90s, and he became a Vegas headliner. Okay. And he's, he's a really popular comic. I don't know if he's exactly a household name, but he draws immensely. Three years ago, he was diagnosed with a heart condition and told he has a year to live. Oh. And he's still around, and he retired from comedy when he got that initial diagnosis. And then he came out of retirement recently and performed shows in January. And I thought, wow. somebody should document it. And then I just thought, well, I'll, I'll just go document it. So I went ahead and I filmed it and then went into his storied career. And uh, yeah, I think we got a great documentary. So we should be done editing it in the next month, month and a half. And it's called Always Amazing. Is that right? It's called Always Amazing because his name is The Amazing Jonathan. And no matter what his condition, I believe he's always amazing. And I thought that would be a great title. So now in chronicling his career and, you know, talking with him, are there parallels that you see between your career or your type of comedy and his at all? I think the only similarity we share is we definitely both have an edge when we want to. Um, Jonathan, you know, for years was known as the Freddy Krueger of comedy and magic. Okay. Whereas I have a bit of a sharp bite at times when I want to on stage. And I don't fear talking about certain things that I think are, are, are politically correct, especially race these days, because I am Korean and Irish. And even like right now with the political climate and the country being so divisive, and I'm not a political comedian by any means, but uh-huh. I find find it kind of funny that everybody's like, Trump's crazy, Trump's off the rails, Trump's nuts. It's like, being of Korean heritage, you just want to tell everybody, hey, why don't you all take a deep breath? Have you guys heard of Kim Jong-un? <laughs> that dude's nuts. I mean, to have Donald Trump sit there at a, at a podium and go, we're going to build a wall, going to be a great wall, and Mexico's going to pay for that wall. It's like, all right, that's crazy. Or you could have a world leader going, I don't go poop. It's like, that's nuts. <laughs> Well, way to shed a new perspective, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like when your best friend is Dennis Rodman and you claim to have invented the hamburger, you're legitimately crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a new definition of crazy. Now, you've done the TV series. You do these stand-up series periodically. You also go on tour. Is there any territory you have yet to conquer? Uh, film. <laughs> you know, I think we're close on getting a new TV show on the air yeah. that's really personal. And I, you know, I, I would just leave it at that because unless you, you guys know until the ink dries, oh, yeah. you just want to jinx it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I'm just trying to do my best to uh, just create new venues for myself because, look, like you guys know, you're artists as well. Nobody owes you anything. It's up to you to be creative and put pen to paper, and that's ultimately what I'm doing. Yeah, so you have to create the new opportunities, work really hard, and then do it again. Exactly, yeah. And the great nature of stand-up comedy is constant trial and error in front of 300 strangers a night that are going to see you either fail or succeed. So it's a very humbling profession. So are you comfortable with that now? Um, With bombing, yeah. I mean, bombing (laughs) is a part of it. So, I mean, that's why when I was single in New York City all those years, I never had a problem approaching a girl because if she said no, it's like, all right. I mean, I get, you know, 150, 200 people a night telling me no when I tell my jokes. So. So it's never a big issue. Just another one. (laughs) Do you have have any advice for some of our listeners who might be in a creative career and who have young kids and raising a family? Do you have any advice for them? My advice would just be give your kids all the attention in the world when you have the time with them. And the minute they go to bed, you could be lazy and watch TV or watch movies. But if you truly are inspired by your creative outlet, you'll use that time once they go to bed to really focus on your craft and go after it then. Because 
you know, it's so easy to ignore the kids and try to get some work done. But it's like, as we all know, that time just flies by. That's what everybody says to me. So I try to put my phone down. I hug them. I kiss them. Let's play action figures. Let's play tag, whatever. And the minute they go to bed, that's when I get to work. Uh, That's stellar advice. So in other words, you give up sleep. Yeah, I have no sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get that. Yeah. All right. Well, Stu, we want to thank you so much. Now, the show is Tell the Damn Joke, airing on demand on Showtime starting April 8th. And when the new series, when that ink dries, you got to call us back and let us know all about it. Oh, absolutely, because i got to hear my newest ringtone. That's right. We'll have a whole new ringtone for you. All right. That's a deal. Thank you, guys, so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Right. Comedian Steve Byrne making it all work. When we come back, you're going to meet the personality behind a voice you're going to recognize. It's the OxyClean guy, but he's not talking about what you'd expect. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, and find out. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Well, you know him as the king of infomercials, Anthony Sullivan, pitchman for OxyClean, and he's produced infomercials for Nutrisystem and the Pet Egg. But what you may not know about Anthony is that he's an accomplished swimmer and a U.S. Swimming Masters member. And he's going to join your weekend to talk all about Adult Learn to Swim Month all through the month of April. Now, if you're one of the 100 million Americans who would be unable to save yourself if you fell into the water, you need to hear what Anthony has to say. Welcome, welcome to the show, Anthony Sullivan. Thank you very much. I've never been welcomed to a show quite like that. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. Mm-hmm. OxyClean, powered by the air you breathe, activated by the water you and I drink, gets the tough stains out. And if you call right now, I'll cut the price in half, double the value, and ship it to you absolutely free. Now there's that voice we recognize. <laughs> there you go. I had to do it. I had to do it. Now, April is Adult Learn to Swim Month. And, you know, there's some pretty scary statistics about how many of us can't swim. It's shocking when you just said it. Now, I actually don't phrase it like that, but when you think 100 million people, which is a third of the population of the U.S., cannot swim the length of a 25-yard pool, and I'm not talking about swimming like Michael Phelps. I'm just talking about being able to make it safely from one end of a pool to the other. Ten people drown in the U.S. every day. So today, ten people will end their life in the water drowning, which is a horrible way to go. Most of the deaths are preventable by simply learning to swim. And if you didn't swim, there's only a 13% chance that you will teach your kid to swim. So it's a generational thing. I think that a lot of adults are embarrassed or they're genuinely afraid from a childhood trauma when, you know, they got pushed in or they nearly drowned and just are not going near the water. And I am here to tell you that it's okay. It's not your fault if you don't know how to swim. And there is an organization out there called U.S. Masters Swimming that I'm a member of. Um, I am actually a certified adult learn to swim instructor. So you could get taught to swim if you came to Florida by the OxyClean guy. <laughs> how awesome would that be? That would be something to brag something about. While I'm teaching you to swim. Um, if you want to know more, and you should know more, is usms.org forward slash learn to swim. 
There's 800 adult learn to swim instructors in the U.S. We will teach you to swim, and we can start off with, I'm not kidding you, baby steps. The great thing about it is it's tailored for grown-ups. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back, too, is, you know, are they going to be embarrassed? Yeah, you're not going to be with a bunch of three-year-olds learning to swim. You will be on your own. I have a lesson on Friday morning, and the lesson will begin with a conversation about, Okay, why are you afraid? What's going on in here? And if it's a genuine fear and phobia, we'll kind of work through that. You know, no one's going to throw you in, in the deep end. And I think some people are not in the shape they'd like to be. Maybe sure. a little bit, got a few extra pounds. Doesn't matter. Get a bathing suit on. Throw a rash guard on if you don't like the way you look in the mirror. You can pick them up online if you don't know what a rash guard is. It's sort of like a lycra t-shirt that will cover up the bits of your body that you don't like. Also keeps the sun off. pair of goggles, a hat. And we have all sorts of aids like fins and snorkels and face masks. It's very easy, very simple, and I love it. Well, if you recognize that voice, that's the OxyClean guy. Anthony Sullivan is here on the Mulberry Lane Show urging you to learn how to swim during April's Adult Learn to Swim Month. So now, talk about your background with swimming. You were quite an accomplished swimmer. Yeah, I started when I was a kid. I competed when I was about six or seven. I started competing, and then I went on to swim for one of the best swim teams in England, and I literally quit one day. I was about 13, and I'm like, done, just quit. Walked out of the pool, had a tyrannical coach, left the sport for 30 years, wow. more than that, and then came back to it in my early 40s, and I hooked up with the master's team. The coach saw me swimming, and she's like, you can swim. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, I know. And she said, you need to swim with our teams. I'm going to nationals, the old people's nationals, the Masters Nationals in Riverside, California. And the great thing is, it's everyone from 18 to 80, or 18 to 90, actually. Ryan Lochte is competing, and Nathan Adrian, both gold medalists. You get to swim with your friends. It's great camaraderie. I actually did the mile on Saturday, and I knocked 25 seconds off my personal best. So I love to swim. Wow, that's amazing. You know, our show is based in Omaha, and Omaha has hosted the U.S. Olympic Swim Team. You do. You you had the U.S. trials there this year, right? Right. Right. You so, guys have a serious swimming pool in Omaha, like yeah, a serious. Yeah, and you know, it's a big sport around here, too. Well, it's funny, no, uh, Omaha and Indianapolis is another great swimming town. San Antonio, the, you'd be amazed the programs that are available. I'm talking about rehabbing injuries. If you've got bad hips, bad backs, neck pain, we can work around all that. Okay. Um, there's no excuse. And even if you're a little few pounds overweight, doesn't matter. Those pounds will disappear in the pool. It's one of the top sports for exercise. I believe, personally, it's the best because uh-huh. it's low impact great cardiovascular health it's great for your heart it gets the muscles moving gets the joints moving and it will complement another exercise before we let you go is it true that you almost drowned in hawaii last year yes i did i almost drowned last year i was surfing on the north shore of hawaii and i bit off a little bit more than i could chew and took off on a big wave about 800 yards out and there was only two of us in the water and the other guy didn't see me go over the falls So I ended out in about 30-foot surf um, into the beach, and I actually kind of made it into the beach. The lifeguards peeled me off the sand, and my shoulder was still out to go to hospital to get it put back in. I couldn't get it in. I probably wouldn't have been out there if I couldn't swim, but secondly, the fact that I could swim saved my life. So uh, I'm very grateful for everything the sport has done for me. How's your shoulder? Um, It still hurts. I'm just looking at it right now. It's working, though. I don't want to have surgery. I'm afraid to have surgery. I'm a wuss. You know, if you can avoid that, that's probably better. Yeah. You know, one side of me thinks I should have the surgery. But you know what? I'm still in the pool, and I just work through the injury, and it's it's working. 
It's working, and it's not that painful. Nothing that a cup of ibuprofen won't take the edge off. All right. Well, Anthony, thank you for sharing all about Adult Learn to Swim Month. We appreciate your time. So USMS.org is the website, forward slash learn to swim. Thanks for having me, and remember, OxyClean gets the tough stains out. All right? <laughs> well, remember, Anthony. Thank you. Take care. Well, there's that recognizable voice, Anthony Sullivan, urging you to learn to swim. Thanks, Anthony, for bringing your energy to the show today and reminding us that it's never too late to learn to swim. And you guys have to check out usms.org slash learn to swim to find adult learn to swim lessons in your area. That's right. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Well, a big high five to Phil Vassar, country hit maker. He was so awesome today. We love getting to know you better. And American Soul is the new album. This guy is a hit making machine and you're going to really enjoy his new material. Thanks, Phil, for stopping by and check out his tour page to catch him this spring and summer. Yeah. Who else, Rachel? Yes, and a big radio hug to Kalem Worthy. Mm-hmm. Moving on from the Disney stuff to a little bit more mature storyline. Kalem, you've got the talent and the personality to really take it to the next level. Thanks for stopping by the show today and telling us all about Cassandra French's finishing school. Now, guys, you can start binge-watching all the episodes on fullscreen.com beginning Monday. Girls, who else? Well, finally, we got to thank comedian Steve Burns. He's got a new comedy special on Showtime starting this weekend. You can catch it now on Showtime On Demand. His special is called Tell the Damn Joke. It's inspired by his comedic life with his wife and family. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stories and jokes in there that you guys can relate to, especially if you're raising a family. And Steve, thanks once again for stopping by. And remember, you promised to come back when the new series gets all in place. We love Steve. Mm -hmm. Okay, sisters, I think that wraps it up, right? Yes, it sure does. Okay, so that means you guys got to meet us here same time, same place next weekend. We'll be here. You be there. We'll be waiting for you. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Can't wait to see me Oh, Nebraska, I'm going